Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. So we talk, want to talk about and celebrate something really special, a miracle. You know, people in Jesus' day often ask for a miracle. They would say, show us a sign, show us a sign. And I'd wonder, are you kidding? I mean, it just seemed like Jesus was always healing the lame, the sick, the blind, the deaf, the dumb, doing something miraculous right in front of their eyes, and they were never satisfied. It was never enough. They wanted more because they, they kept craving, I need more, I need more. Well, I hear people all the time saying they want to see a miracle. They want to see evidence of God. And I think there's a miracle right in front of our very own eyes that we can we that will be celebrated this Sunday, and that is the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And I'd like to just talk about this for a moment and encourage you about this. And at the end, I'm giving you opportunity. If you'd like to travel to Israel, I take a tour there each year, and I'd like to invite you to come along with us. Um, in Scripture, God had special plans that he did with the Jewish people, and he wanted to show himself through them. He wanted to show, he gave them his law, and they would follow it, but then they wouldn't follow it. So he'd send his prophets, he'd bring judgments, and, and even in the judgments, his heart was always compassionate and kind and loving towards these people who would so bother him at times, but he could never, as angry as he'd get at their rebellion, he could never give up on them. And there were different judgments. They were taken away by the Babylonians, was a major judgment. And as was prophesied, for 70 years they would be in captivity before they came back. And then they rebuilt the city and had it for about 500 more years. And then, lo and behold, uh, Jesus came. And because Israel had not been able to live up to what God required, and the idea of reaching him by law, that didn't work. And so God now was bringing the promised Messiah. It wasn't that God needed to figure out law didn't work. People needed to figure that out. We're often trying to approach God by law and being good enough. And if you ever wonder if that works, just read the, the Old Testament. And you see even these godly people are always falling away. But then God sent his Messiah, Jesus. And and his Messiah, the Jesus came, Yeshua is pronounced in the in the Hebrew, he came to save, he came to be the Messiah, he came to bring salvation, to bring deliverance. But the people rejected him, and, and, uh, and they had him crucified. This, now, this was all part of God's plan. He used it to bring about salvation for the, us and open the, the gospel to us Gentiles. There was a time when it, you know, it was just so focused on Israel, and now it became open to Gentiles or non-Jews. And we often think of the Christian faith as not including the Jews, but they were the foundation from which Jesus came, from which our scriptures came, from which the events in the Bible occur, occurred. Well, Jesus prophesied that there would be a great judgment because of their rejection of him. He looked over the city and he wept for it. He wept at the judgment that was going to come. He wept at the rebellion that they were going to reject him. And sure enough, in 70 AD, there was a great judgment came upon uh, the land of Israel. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. And the people of Israel, the, the Jews who, there were tens of thousands of them slaughtered. 
some who had escaped to the mountains as Jesus had told them to do. He said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, escape, get out of there. Hope you're not pregnant. Hope you don't have to flee on a Sabbath. Hope it's not cold, but you better get out of there because there's a judgment coming. And that's exactly what happened. And the Jewish people were scattered throughout the world for, well, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And in the late 1800s, some prophecies began to be fulfilled. They began coming back to the land. They, they began re-emigrating back, shall we say. And so there were promises that were fulfilled here. Let's look at a couple Old Testament promises of what God said would happen. In Isaiah 43, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And indeed, that was beginning to happen now. God was bringing people back to the land of Israel. And, and as they came back, they were, they were immigrating into this land. It was a wasteland. It was deserted. It was, it was a barren land. But they knew that this was the land that had been given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their forefathers, promised by God. In Ezekiel, we see a, a clear verse where he says, For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into into your land. I will sprinkle you clean. These are promises that he gave in between. I, I want to look at the first and last verse here. I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land. And then he says, you will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers so that you will be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 28. In chapter 37, he tells, an amazing, he tells of an amazing vision that, I, uh, that Ezekiel had. And he saw this valley of bones. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Well, what's the answer to that? Bones can't live. But Ezekiel didn't say that. He said, oh, Lord, you know. And, he, and God told Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Tell them to live. Tell them to arise in the name of God. And the bones began to come to life. But they, but they, the, the, the sinews and the flesh was beginning, but there was no spirit in the bones yet. And so God told them, prophesy yet again. And God put his spirit in them, and he came to life. This was a vision of Israel in the last days, that Israel would miraculously come to life again. It would be a miracle. It wouldn't happen by anything less than a miracle of God. And indeed, I believe we're seeing this happen. I believe the, the movement back into Israel is seeing this happen. And as I said, it began in the 1800s. They were coming back. They were coming back. It's called Aliyah. When the Jews return to the land, they come back and they, they visit there. And so many of them stay but because they, they, they feel attached to the land. This was a land God gave us. Jesus talked about this as well. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus says this. He's prophesying because of their rejection of Messiah that there would be a, a tremendous judgment upon the land. 
And he says this, there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, isn't that a very interesting thing? Not only would Israel be scattered, but specifically Jerusalem. And yet he says that in in Ezekiel, it says that they would come back. Isaiah, it says they would come back. And Jesus says Jerusalem would be trampled underfoot until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, I, I don't understand everything about eschatology or the return of Christ. And sometimes I've, I'm trying, there's things I'm certainly still trying to figure out. But I will say this. Israel became a nation officially in May 14th, 1948. This Sunday will be the 75th anniversary of Israel. And they'll celebrate their independence, like in, here in America, our July 4th, their day of independence, May 14, 1948. The next day, or either that day or the next day, I forget, seven nations around them declared war on them. The surrounding nations did not want Israel to be a nation. To be honest, they didn't want Jews in the land. They declared war on them. And this tiny little nation survived these seven nations attacking it. That really, not only the coming back is a miracle, becoming a nation is a miracle. Surviving these wars were a miracle. In 1967, there was yet another war declared against Israel and a sneak attack upon them. And in response to this, to this, they took back further land. It's called the Golan Heights, the West Bank. These things, you hear these things talked about in the news, that these are, 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 are areas of contention. But they also entered in the city of Jerusalem, June of 1967. And they retook, Israel retook the city of Jerusalem. And now they have ownership. They have control of the city. Was that the, was that what it meant that Jerusalem would be trampled on foot until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled? I'm not exactly sure because up there on the Temple Mount, there's still the, the, uh, the Muslim Dome of the Rock right there where the temple belongs. And so there's still some trampling on her foot. But these are major, major events in moving the prophetic calendar forward towards the end of time and the last days. They're exciting. These things, these have happened really in the last century. They've happened in, in some, some of in my lifetime, or certainly in my parents' lifetime, and we're seeing these things occur. People ask for a miracle. I say, come on, folks, open your eyes. There's one right in front of you. But I want to also say that in my, with me, I had heard of these prophecies, and I had talked about them, and I'd shared them on campus, and I'd preached about them, and I'd said, you, you know, there's prophecy being fulfilled right in our time. We know the Bible's written before we were born. This has been around a long time, and these were things the Bible said would happen, and we see it happening and these really are miraculous prophetic fulfillments. But I will also say this. I, for years, had wanted to travel to Israel. I was kind of afraid. My wife was afraid. You know, we hear about terrorist events. You hear about war breaking out over there. And we said, why, why go into a war zone? Why go to where it's not safe? Well, and we began to notice that year after year, we'd have friends that go. and They'd all come back alive. 
As a matter of fact, we didn't know anyone who went and didn't come back. And what we began to discover is Israel, they, certainly there is, they have people don't like them around them, but we discovered it's really pretty safe to travel to Israel. It's not as dangerous as some might think. And so we overcame our concern about why put ourselves in a dangerous situation, and we and we've began to go to Israel. And we've discovered, in our experience, it's, it's uh, safer than going to many big cities here in America. As a matter of fact, I will tell you there are cities in America I would be more uh, concerned about my safety if I went there and was walking those streets than going to Israel. We found it to be a place of safety. Now, no place is completely safe, but, but those fears were put to rest by actually going there. And as we've gone to Israel, Roz and I and people we've taken have developed a real emotional attachment to the land. And I, and I realized that the other day I was doing research on this on the, for the video, Why Jews Don't Lose Their Children, and So Many Others Do. And one survey question that Pew Research had asked Jews, do you feel a, an emotional attachment to the land, American Jews? And that survey question struck me because I said, I have an emotional attachment. I've come to love this land. I've come to enjoy going there, seeing the sights, being amongst the people. There's something that has been awakened in me and in Roz that that um, even though I know these prophecies and I could talk about them and I talk about these spots, had not been there five, six years ago. And so we began to go with different groups to Israel. Let me see if I have some pictures here. This was our group this year. So we're overlooking the city of Israel on our very first day. Uh, this was the largest group we've ever had. And then this was a group that went, went in 2019. And there we are standing. This is amazing. That aqueduct there was built by um, Herod the Great, to bring water to his city, Caesarea Maritima, and we're right there at Caesarea Maritima. The ruins, what's left of it, his great city, his great building, and he thought he was invincible. Well, it's no, it's now it's ruins, but there we are in the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, and and this was our group then, and this was our group uh, uh, in 2020, right before the pandemic. They were standing that that structure behind us is in the Israeli Museum, where it's meant to look like the the um, the vessels that the Dead Sea Scrolls were housed in, and as they were hidden in these caves for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before they were discovered, when the year Israel became a nation, 1948, and this where this uh, is, the Dead Sea Scrolls are in there. I, I don't have time to go into that now, but that's one of the greatest archaeological discoveries of the 20th century. And this, actually, that shelter there is nuclear bomb-proof. If they dropped a nuclear bomb, it would survive because these are the oldest scriptures that, that, uh, that are housed in there in that place. That's something that we visit and see. Anyway, I'd like to encourage you. Are you interested in seeing Israel with your own eyes? Because I'd like to say that there's something special about it. I know not everybody can. It costs some money. Uh, not as much as it costs to spend a week at Disneyland, but it costs some money. And I realize not everyone can make it. Not everyone's in that position. And if you're not, I want to encourage you, go to YouTube and watch some Israel's of uh, some videos of Israel up close. 
in my daily email last night, I sent some websites where you can see some people that I enjoy watching. It's a special, special place. If you can go, I'll tell you, it would be something that you would really cherish for life. And this is my website. If you're interested in knowing how to travel with us to Israel, go to TomThePreacher.com, click on the Israel icon up in the top right corner. It'll give you the dates next February, uh, where we'll be going, the cost, the itinerary, frequently asked questions, and give you an opportunity to to register just for more information and to be kept in the loop to let us know of your interest. That's not a commitment, but just an interest so we can begin to communicate how to prepare for this trip if you want to go and answer your questions. It's a miracle that we're seeing, and it's one you don't want to miss out on. I'll tell you, our God's alive, our God's at work, Sometimes we can think he's not. We can be depressed, discouraged. We can think we're missing out on things. We can think it's like the devil's winning. My friends, stand back. See the big picture. We serve a living God. He's at work. He's doing miracles around us. He's wakening people up. He's doing something in Israel. He's doing something in his church. It's pretty cool to be a part of it, isn't it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you praise, thanks, and blessing today. Thank you. You are at work Sometimes it's, it doesn't look, sometimes there's miracles right in front of our eyes, and all we can see is what the devil's doing and what the world's doing. And we think that, we wonder if you even care, we wonder if you're there, all these things. And yet, Lord, if we just open our eyes, we'd see you are moving in big ways. You've brought a nation together. You're bringing the dead bones to life. You're, you're, you're doing miracles. You, you, a nation was born in a day. When has this ever happened before? And we thank you for these things, Lord. And we thank you that all the people who rise up against you, even kings and even nations that, that stand against you, they're, they're, they're just a drop in the bucket. You sit in the heaven and you laugh at their, their impotence as they rebel against you. We thank you. You're the victorious God. You'll work your plan. You'll accomplish your purposes. And we thank you that we're part of it. And Lord, we are excited about that. We bless you today. We thank you. We pray for Israel. We pray for their peace. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Lord, that people would be able to worship freely there. We pray for the gospel to go forth in Israel. We pray for many Jews who've come from all these nations to discover Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the one who is the true hope and salvation for them and for us. How we pray for this, the, the, the young church in Israel, the messianic believers to, to grow stronger and stronger and to multiply as they're standing firm and speaking your gospel in that land. We bless you and we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed being with me today. I sure enjoy being with you. If you're new, welcome. If you're, and I hope you subscribe to the channel. If you're regular, you know how often I love having you here and to have the opportunity to sow the word of God on the good soil of your life. I love you guys. God bless you. I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Until then, might God bless you and strengthen you. Bye-bye.